human beings are searching for the personal experience of reality. reality. They are seeking to come to understand themselves, to find a reason for their own existence. And so you go round and round and round, ever chasing the illusion that there is something outside yourself, outside your here and now, to be attained that will make things better. No guru, no method, no teacher, and no nothing else either. Welcome, everybody. We have a, a special guest with us today. We have Renee Watt. Renee, how are you doing? I am kind of sleepy, but otherwise very well. Thank you. Wow, that's awesome. Um, this is like the question I like to ask right out of the gate to everybody. What are you grateful for today? Today, I am, today I'm grateful that I am going back to L.A. later. <laughs> um, my niece is here. I'm grateful to see her. Um, I mean, you know, I just spent a little over a week with, you know, in my hometown, Phoenix. And so that's, the it's always nice to go back home, but now I want to go back to what is my current home, you know? So just grateful for my circumstances, I guess. Absolutely. I'll actually be in Phoenix in, <clears throat> excuse me, in like a week or no, a month or so. I'm going to be going out to Sedona and everything. So Sedona's amazing. Have you ever been there before? I was there last year around the same time. Nice. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. I, it's one of those things we were talking about before we started recording, like taking me time. So I get to yeah. decompress in that time and just kind of chill the hell out. <laughs> Dude, Sedona is so beautiful too. And all, that, all the fun vortex healing stuff it's got going on. If you could suggest any places to go, where would you suggest? Oh my gosh. Well, have you been to Slide Rock? I don't think that I went there last time, no. Oh my god, it's so fun. It's like it's like an all natural water park. It's just like this stream. It's I mean it's not a stream, I guess. It's like a small river. But it, there's all these really smooth rocks that you slide down and cliffs that you jump in and it's just like beautiful. It's that beautiful red rock of Sedona and um it's just gorgeous and it's fun. You get to play in water. I think I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm Pisces. I'm all about water. Anytime I go for like walks, I want to be around water. Like mm -hmm. Scorpio, got the water, got the water signs going. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. I feel like next question I like to ask everybody is like several quotes that connect to you personally and uh, like what they mean to you. Okay. Um, so I. My favorite one um, right now, and I don't know when it will change because I just love it so much and have for the past few months, but um, it's by Rita Dove, and the poem is called The Narcissist Flower. And the quote is, the mystery is you can eat fear before fear eats you. Mm. You can live beyond dying and become a queen whom nothing surprises. Mm. That is awesome. It's so good, right? It's so good. And I mean, that just means, I mean, bravery is one of my most, I don't know, I think one of my strongest and one of 
the traits that I am the most proud of is just being being a brave person and identifying that because I feel like fear is just such an unnecessary thing to feed into that I I kind of refuse it, which can be, you know, damaging in some ways. But that's that's what I love that quote so much. It's just like this brave this brave bitch, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things too, like um I think that bravery is so misconstrued in our culture and it's really being able to like face yourself and embrace life at its fullest. But like in the patriarchy of our society, it's like being aggressive and like being a giant dick bag when that's not really what bravery <laughs> is about yeah yeah you know totally totally like that like super aggro like (laughs) yeah that's not the same I mean I guess that's like uh the dark side of bravery (laughs) that's a good way to put it yeah absolutely it's like one of the one of the poles of it for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um do you have another quote or um (laughs) So that was the only like serious one that I wrote down, but then I really love, um, have you seen the movie, The Love Witch? I haven't. Okay. Well, she's talking about like her husband and she says, the day he left me was the day I died. And then I was reborn a witch. And I just really identify with that. <laughs> mm. uh, okay. It's like totally like I got, I like split from my very, a very long-term relationship two years ago. And one of the things, one of the first things I did was like, I, I picked up witchcraft again, which I had done when I was younger and then everything changed. So, you know. Absolutely. I know for me and from a lot of people that I've talked to doing this, um, a lot of the most life reaffirming moments and like really delving into yourself and who you are um, comes from those kind of shakeup moments in life, like the difficult things. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of difficulty around that whole situation. But you got to reinvent yourself and be a, a, a whole new person or like a, a better version of you, maybe. That, yeah, that happened on so many levels. Yeah, absolutely. And all, all of it built around being a witch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like, for me personally, um, with my whole thing with mental health and addiction and everything, that's why it's called the spiritual Phoenix podcast because I completely had to reinvent myself. And it's like, take, take on this whole new depth to who I am. Yeah. And I think that there's like so much healing in being able to do that. Yeah. I am a big proponent of the, the Phoenix metaphor and the, my name actually translates to Renee means rebirth. Mm. And I was born in Phoenix and I'm a Scorpio, which is all about like death and rebirth. So I feel like I'm cosmically blueprinted to (laughs) feel really strongly about that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that that's, um, it's cool how stuff in life can really line up like that. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Weird. Yeah. Um, since we're talking about like the, the witch thing or or we were before that, like, what is your personal, like understanding of what witchcraft is? Like, what does witchcraft mean to you? Um, it's for me, it's like taking energetic responsibility for yourself and Mm. your actions for your manifestation to build the life you want. Um, karma is a big part of it for me. There, there are a lot of different types of witches and there are witches who, 
will um, do like do things against people or, you know, aren't necessarily the most ethical. And for me, it's about being a source of a source of love and promoting that into promoting love and healing into the earth, but or into the world. But it's also about manifesting the things that I want and um, live, you know, living life the best way that I'm able to. And so so it's kind of like a mixture of left and right hand pass and like finding the good balance between it. Yeah, because I don't think you can be fully good either. But I, you know, it is, yeah, I would say it's left and right hand. Yeah, I definitely think that when you're under the mindset of being fully good, you're actually doing a lot of evil and you're just not aware of it. Yeah. And well, you know, people like there are all these arguments against like, you know, what exactly like like Baphomet represents and like all these like negative connotations with demonology but baphomet gave us free will so if we're living by a strictly like god influenced or christian example like we don't have free will and it's like people (laughs) people aren't thinking about that so it's like okay you have your free will you have your divine source and like how do you work these two things together you Mm -hmm. know absolutely and that's uh, there's two things that i want to touch on in that like Recently, I heard somebody say, if you're acting moral because of fear of consequences, you're not being moral, which blew my mind when I heard that. It's like, damn, like, so all these people that are like doing things for fear of going or not doing things because of fear of going to hell, they're not necessarily being moral. They're being afraid. Um, Yeah. I I really found that powerful. And then the other thing that um, it's kind of similar in the same thread. It was a quote I posted on my Instagram. I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was kind of like, fear of of instilling fear of consequences for something is just as base as being physical or like physically inciting fear from action or something like that mm-hmm. and i was like damn like that's jack too and the thing that's cool about baphomet and like the self-will is it's saying okay i'm going to do do this good act because i this is what i want to do it's a choice to be a better person and not yeah. be an asshole yeah exactly and, and yeah i think it's I think it's beautiful. Absolutely. And for me too, one of the things about Baphomet that I I really resonate with is like the androgynous element of it. And for me, like my understanding of higher elements of source energy or whatever you want to call it is that it is androgynous and the male and female principles of it are just like when it branches off or whatever. So it's like top point androgyny, female, male. Yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. It's a very powerful symbol. I love it. I love mm-hmm. half of it, yeah. And another thing, too, is, like, the animal element plus the human element of it. So it's, like, mm-hmm. we can have the animal mind and kind of screw ourselves over, or we can kind of take control of that animal mind and... Use it as, like, a as a driving force, like, channeling the ch- channeling our primal passion and our primal urges into something that's productive. Absolutely. Um, there's an anime that I really enjoy called Bleach. And one of the concepts of it is, is learning how to utilize darker energies for like your own strength. And I think that when we can really kind of become aware of some of our animal instincts and learn how to channel them properly and not be controlled by them, we unleash like this really strong force. But it's a matter of figuring out how to do that, I guess, in, in a healthy way, in a respectful way to ourselves and to other people. Yeah, f- harnessing that control. I mean, you know, I think in a lot of ways, um, 
getting over substance abuse is such a good example of that. Cause I mean, you've mentioned that you've had some issues with that. I've had some issues with that. And I feel, you know, overcoming that is just what I, that is the primest example of taking control of your life that I can, you know, identify with cause I've experienced it, but. No, absolutely. And it is one of those things where being an addict, um, for me, it had a lot of really good traits. It's just that I was misusing those traits and they became um, character defects or whatever. But when I can evaluate the opposite of those character defects or take those character defects and apply them in healthy ways that can build my life, mm-hmm. then I, I've take, taken a, a defect or some, a shortcoming and made it into an asset, really. Yeah, Absolutely. It's like, it's alchemy. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Um, this is, this is kind of like a a fun thing. What what do you feel like are some common misconceptions of witchcraft or what you perceive as misconceptions? That way it's not so much these people are wrong, but. Um, I think it's, it's turned around quite a bit, but I mean, you know, the most, the biggest problems I ran into with witchcraft was when I was practicing as an adolescent. And I, you know, I had like, you know, Phoenix, Arizona and the area I was growing up in was pretty conservative. And I had like some teachers saying things to me, like I was going to get pregnant at an early age. I had a teacher tell me that I was going to get pregnant at 16 and sacrifice my baby. Which, oh, wow. Yeah, he was like legit insane. And um, he wouldn't let me wear my pentacles in class. And, I, and you know, as an adult, I realized how illegal that is. But at the time, I wasn't, you know, I was just wanting to be a witch. But I think it's just the... Um, there's, you know, there's witches will con you. That's, you know, that's something that people worry about. Um, there's like now, now the thing that I run into a little bit more is like some people. Yeah, you cut out there for a second. It seems like okay. Were... Now it's back now. Where did, did I cut off? Yeah. Um, the the last thing that I heard you say was about like the teacher and the pentacles, and you were kind of talking about like how now there's this difference, and then it's when it started to trail out. Yeah, so I now now I feel like the only thing I really encounter is like there's a mm, I don't know about that, and it's usually like like just like superstitious atheists really who are just like I don't know like they get kind of weird weirded out I think. Mm. You cut out, you cut out a little bit again, but I I apologize for that. You're saying like a lot of people don't pay attention to it now, but superstitious, superstitious atheists are still a little bit intimidated by it. Yeah. It's like, it's like a trust thing. I feel like they're, they're suspicious and they like, they don't know how to trust it or how to take it. And I think just like some people just still get kind of like, um, weirded out by it. Like they don't know what I'm up to Mm. and they don't, you know, (laughs) I don't know. For sure. Um, there's a couple things I can relate to. Like I, I explored witchcraft when I was younger and I know that for me, like one of the misconceptions of it was thinking that it was like satanic or like all this other stuff, just because that's the way that that was portrayed, especially growing up in like the nineties and living in suburban <laughs> America. It's like, 
having this concept of it, having like misconceptions pretty much about the whole thing of it. And um, looking at it now in a completely different light, I feel like, and understanding that there's actually like a lot of practical stuff in there that like, I, I feel like can be backed up by psychology even. Um, with, yeah, with, totally. Yeah, with like intention or, or doing rituals or like, all of this stuff is like neuro-linguistic programming in some ways. Yeah, yeah like th there's a lot of validity in, in, in actually doing it. So it's funny if atheists gets kind of weird about it because it's like this stuff is represented in psychology, but your own understanding of what you think this is is limiting you from looking at it through a different lens, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's the fun thing for me is I look at it from both lenses. Like, you know, I, I feel like I'm hacking my brain, and I, but I also feel like I'm getting help, you know, from somewhere else. It's both. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I do tarot, and I really feel that, like, tarot and working with magic and stuff like that has really helped me on my journey of recovery from everything that I've been through. And looking yeah. at it in the practical way, um, it's a great tool of self-reflection. Tarot is, there's like all this introspection, but mm -hmm. also looking at it in like the metaphysical way, I can't determine what makes the cards come up as, as they do in like this profound synchronistic meaningful way. I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's something that you're, you're picking up to, you know, I don't know, make your life easier. There's no point in overanalyzing it or getting getting too obsessive about it and like taking away from the mystery of it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's one thing that's like really hard for a lot of people is like being in the center of things, like seeing there's truth to both sides, but on the extremes of both ends, there's a little bit of, of lunacy, <laughs> I feel like. Right, yeah. Because it's like, I don't think that most things are strictly material and I don't think... I mean, I guess on like a very, very high end level, everything is spiritual on some level. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think that sometimes people go too far with certain things within it. But looking at most things and saying that it's kind of a foot in both worlds. Why wouldn't you want to walk both both paths? You know, why wouldn't you want to take the the logical and the impossible and have the best of both? Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I think that if most people could figure out how to actually understand it, they could. But I think that there's so many hurdles in our culture that makes it, that overcomplicates the ability for people to do that. Well, I think too, people are afraid of expanding their minds, mm. you know, and opening their minds to like, they just, they're, they're closed off from the possibility of like, whether it's like synchronicities or psychic ability or manifestation or, you know, they just, they close themselves off from it. So I think that they just miss it. I don't, I don't think that, um, I think that everyone is having mystical experiences every day at all times, but it's only the people who open their eyes to it and are open to it. They get to appreciate it and like work it and utilize it to their advantage. Absolutely. That, that connection to everything really is like a muscle and the more awareness you have of it and the more that you consciously engage with it, the more that it uh, strengthens. And I definitely agree that like everybody is having these experiences, but most people aren't necessarily aware of it. Like I'm pretty sure that all of us are in this really trippy synchronistic matrix at all times, but it's like 
being wrapped up in ourselves and our past and our fears of the future and our anger over the present, it like intoxicates us to the point where we can't see it. And I think when people really delve into this spiritual path or like self-exploration and they heal a lot of their past, they start to understand the future is going to come as it's going to come. They can do certain things in the present to change the potential futures, but they can't really control the future. And that like being angry doesn't like help anybody and that being present in the present is how they can manifest the best life. When you're in that state, you're just more capable to be aware of it because you're in the now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny too, because you see all these people who kind of like really seem to have things in order and like put together and they're, they're successful and they have good jobs, nice cars or whatever. But like, those are some of the most attached people I've ever met. And they're fucking miserable. They're so hyper-focused on just like, on only like tangible or like materialistic goals. And, and, and I don't know. I just, it, it makes things so unexpectedly beautiful to just like, even if you're just like, okay, so even if it's just like, you know, there, there's the argument that like your brain picks up on things because it's confirmation bias or your psyche needs it. And, you know, so you're, you're picking up on patterns and like, that's, what's making your, you have mystical experiences. It's like, so fucking what, if your brain is capable of that, why wouldn't you want to like have fun with it? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I hate about the term confirmation bias too, is like, (laughs) I feel like the fact that people can blanketly use that over every experience especially over somebody's personal experience without them physically seeing it and being in those shoes is in itself a confirmation bias. They have a confirmation bias for everything being confirmation bias. Totally. Totally. (laughs) But even like you said, even if every one of those experiences is nothing more than that, first off, why would you not want that? And second off, how does it make it any less valid? Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, Luckily, where I live now, you know, living in Los Angeles and um, I don't know, maybe just being an adult and being able, having more control over the people I surround myself with, I don't run into too many personal arguments from people who are, you know, um, naysayers. But I do know what those arguments are, you know, and I have my rebuttal because it's just like, Plus it's, you know, if you look at like um, the brain activity and people when they go into deep meditation, we're accessing parts of our brain that we are not normally accessing. How does that not fascinate anyone? How would, mm-hmm. like, how, how do people see that and not want to explore it? Like what is happening? Like what are we tapping into, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that is something that people should really consider overall but people get so wrapped up in what i perceive to be a bunch of bullshit and distraction that they don't really want to delve into that stuff i saw a uh no go ahead oh i just it's easier it's easier to to just block it out in a lot of ways you know yeah self-cultivation is a substantial amount of work but it also kind of gets like this snowball effect in your favor once you put enough effort into it it's just getting that snowball up the hill first to let it start rolling down and pick up its own momentum. Totally. Totally. It's like today I, uh, today's my day off from like my regular job. And like I woke up late 
because I was up a little bit later than normal. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to drink my coffee, read my daily meditations. And then like, I don't need to meditate or do yoga today. And I was like, why am I making this like a chore? Like, this is something that I thoroughly enjoy. Why don't I do it? And it became a matter of like, just doing what I like to do because I do it. And I was like, now thinking about it, I was like, wow, like stuff that was really difficult for me to make time for. Like, I was like, oh, I like this. Why am I not doing it? It's just funny how like that shift occurs. Yeah. Yeah. I always, the thing that I always ask myself when I'm like debating if I should like work out or meditate, cause sometimes I still have that, like that lazy double that's just like, don't you like, you're fine. Like you don't need to meditate even though like that's, you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, I always just ask myself like, well, what am I going to regret more working out or not working out meditating or not meditating? And then it's always really an easy answer. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know for me personally, like, a year ago, they took me off of all mental health medications and everything like that. So med- meditation is like my medication. And if I don't meditate, I will go fucking crazy. <laughs> like, that, yep. That's how I feel about meditating and working out. Like I will, cause I like, I congratulations on being taken off your medication, by the way. Oh, thank you. But yeah, that was like, uh, cause I had a, I was a heroin addict and I just used like working out meditation to quit like I never went to NA or anything and it was just like I'll lose like I'll get so mean if I can't work out like I'll get so mean that's the thing for me right now is like when I first started recovery I actually do work NA personally but like when I started um when I started recovery I was working out a lot just to kind of deal with all the excess stress and like remove all the cortisol and everything like that Mm-hmm. And then I had this plateau where things became good. And then with starting to like work a regular job without getting high, which I had never done in my whole time, my whole life, really, I never worked without getting high. Um, doing that and like working on a book, getting further with my podcast and everything, doing all this stuff, like I really started to get bogged down. And I was like, why do I feel like crap? And I'm like, oh, because I'm not doing I'm not taking care of my body like I need to because it's like addiction affects body, mind, and soul. And if I'm only focusing on mind and soul, the body's going <laughs> to feel it eventually. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right. Um, so you are the host of the Witch Doctorate podcast, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you explain like what that's about, like what got you started or interested in doing it and all that good stuff? Yeah. Um, well, I started doing stand-up comedy when I like when I quit drugs and split from my um, partner and everything. And so I was like, okay, like you got, I got to be making content. Um, podcast is a good way to do that. And um, the the concept witch doctorate. So I liked the idea of going back to school. Like I always really enjoyed. Um, you know, studying and I loved when I was in university, but there's no reason for me to go back to university at this point in my life. And so I wanted the structured learning, but then I just wanted to learn about witchy topics. So I do, um, I'm on my first, um, season, I'm running them in seasons, but I'm calling them semesters. So I'm on my first semester right now, which is about astrology and, um, just learning it, learning about astrology, and then I'll move on to a different sort of witchy topic. 
um, each semester. So I'm real. I'm starting to get really excited for the next one, though. <laughs> What's the next one you're gonna do? I haven't announced it yet, so I'm not gonna say. Okay, okay, I won't press. Um, <laughs> you have like guests on to talk to you about it, or, or how do you go about that? Yeah. So with the first semester, I've had um, an interview with an astrologer, and then an interview with one person from each sign each week. Okay. And then a 15 minute mini astrology lesson. So it's been a lot of work. <laughs> that seems like it really would be. That's, that's interesting. I'm gonna have to check it out. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I, you know, I, I'm getting feedback that it's informative, um, which is nice, but it's a lot of work. I probably won't do three episodes a week, you know, in future semesters. For um, sure. Yeah. That is a lot of work doing three a week. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I started out, I did five episodes a week because uh, I was trying to keep pace with somebody that I really enjoyed who was making content. Uh-huh. I was completely exhausted. I do two a week now and it seems like it's too much sometimes. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Especially for you because you probably have to like actually research stuff. Like I just talk off the top of my head about things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like I, I, um, I started researching in the summer of last year and I didn't actually end up re releasing episodes until it was February of this year. So there was a lot of, a lot of planning that had to go into it. Astro astrology is so involved. It's so overwhelming. There's so much to learn and I wanted to have a basic understanding of it so that I could actually like lead people down that path of understanding. But, oh man, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to learn. <laughs> it's a lot to learn. I can, I can only imagine, uh, maybe if you want, I can forward your name to somebody I know that's an astrologer that gave me a reading that was like really spot on. I don't know if that's something you're into, but yeah, I mean, I'm always into readings and astrology, man. He's yeah. a really cool person as well. So I think you'd probably have good conversations with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, you know, it's been really cool too. um, meeting all these different astrologers and it was, um, I moved to LA kind of, um, in the middle of putting this project together and it one of the first things I had to do was like find an astrologers meetup group so that I could learn and I could find people to interview and in that way it made the, the move and the transition smoother because like I had like a little bit of a of a place to go like a like a, a community in some ways and it's I mean it's been really rewarding yeah, I could definitely see how like moving to a new city, finding a community right away would be incredibly helpful. Like I've always been kind of a loner type person overall. Um, mm -hmm. And now that I've actually found a community of people that I can relate to just within recovery itself, I know that I can go anywhere and find a group of people to talk to. Um, but being able to find people that are interested in a specific area would definitely be even more fulfilling. And that might be something I need to pursue at some point. Yeah, the meetup, the meetup groups are really fun. They're really fun. There's like, there, and you know, I don't, I mean, I am really lucky that I live in LA too, because there's such a, a vast network of like spiritualist communities. So, um, but the meetup is, it's a really invaluable resource. I went to some meetup groups here, but a lot of them don't really have things that I like. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of a snob when it comes to a lot, a lot of this like spiritual stuff. And a lot of people have 
I don't know how to say this without sounding like a snob. I already said I was a snob, so I guess they have like a lot more juvenile of understanding of things than what I do. And it becomes really hard for me when people are on a different wavelength because I don't want to be condescending to them and be like, you don't fucking get it. But it's also like not very fulfilling for me. Yeah, I get that. I mean, are they are they younger people or in what ways are, do you feel like they're juvenile about it? Um, I think sometimes people's understanding of stuff being so different from mine, maybe taking things more seriously. I don't even know how to describe it. Like for the example of like gods and goddesses, uh-huh. my understanding of that isn't, it's just like anthropomorphized general concepts of humanity or whatever. Um, but for certain people, it'll seem like they believe that they're like these tangible forces that they're talking to. And that becomes yeah. very difficult for me. And like I said, That's it's me being, a, yeah, it's just me being a snob. But like, for me, those are all fractions of the greater existence, I guess. I don't know. Right, 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 right. So because they, they're worshiping like gods and goddesses as actual beings and you're looking at them more as like, like metaphorical tools. Yeah, in some ways, yeah. And then part of that comes down to me projecting my own understanding onto what other people's understandings yeah. are. <laughs> and that, that's when you get into the cycle. Like, I know I'm just projecting, but like, I don't know how to not project this. Like, <laughs> I accept that I'm projecting and that they feel the way that they feel, but I can't relate. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm just like, you know what? Maybe that, that just isn't for me. Maybe I'm supposed to be a loner or maybe I'm the one that's immature and I need to grow up. I don't know. I don't know. Seems like you're. It seems like you're combating like the loner, like box that you put yourself in because you are doing your podcast and you're reaching out to people and you're finding other ways to connect. So maybe it's like you don't have to stay local. You're finding it all across all across the world in America. Uh, that's true. That's that's a good way to look at. It. That's one of the things I tell myself. Like. I know that interviewing people is one of the things that I, I enjoy. I shouldn't even say interviewing. Have, having conversations with people, like yeah. in this capacity, is one of the things that I, I thoroughly enjoy because I get to uh, access di- completely different ways of looking at things from people who live in completely different social situations, environments than me. And it's, it's an incredible way to learn and expand my own concept of everything. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, Hmm. I got a couple more questions that I really want to delve into. Okay. What's your personal definition of magic? Oh, I don't even know that I've actually tried to come up with one because I don't know that I could. It's, it's bananas. I'm constantly in awe. I'm constantly surprised. Like the impossible it seems possible more so than like the other way. I don't know. Like (laughs) everything seems possible and beautiful and it gives even pain a meaning that wasn't there before. Um, But I couldn't, I couldn't summarize it if I wanted to. That's, that's my best job. That's, (laughs) I think that's a good answer though. I think some things um, trying to describe them limits what they actually are. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. There's extraterrestrials, there's 
there's like God, God and goddess energies. There's higher self. I mean, there's so much and it's so, it's all fun. It's all, you know, wonderful. Okay. This is another question for you. Like what's one of the weirdest experiences you've had that you'd feel comfortable talking about? Um, well, I mean, I think I, I, you may have heard, I did an interview on me and paranormal you about how I had a telepathic conversation with someone. Um, that's probably the mo one of the most insane things that's ever happened to me. Um, yeah, I was at, I mean, to tell the story for your listeners, I was at a, I was at a strip club where I was working and, um, I had just kind of learned what, um, Arcturians were at the alien species and, um, had listened to an interview about this girl who, when she was at nightclubs, she would have like these alien people that were like watching her to make sure she was safe or observing her or whatever. And I'd always had kind of strange encounters since when working in strip clubs. And after I had heard about this person, I ran into someone that I thought was like kind of strange. And I asked a series of questions with my mind and he responded in ways that lined up. Like, you know, I asked him to, to raise his right hand and he did it. I asked him to wink and he did it. I asked him for a hundred bucks and he gave it to me, <laughs> you know? So it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I can definitely see how that would be, um, really, really intense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, any sort of extraterrestrial, um, so I got, I got really, I didn't believe in extraterrestrials. I was indifferent to them up until that point, but more so on the side of like, I don't really care, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I started meditating with them after that. And my clairvoyance like improved in ways that are crazy. Like I see orbs now all the time. And it was after, it was pretty much shortly after I met that guy that it started happening. And um, I've, I've um, asked for um, signs from extraterrestrials when I was wondering about, like asking certain questions about my life situation. And um, I, I was driving to Phoenix and I asked, you know, a question about what was going on in my life. And if I should do something, you know, if I should take an action on something, I, I asked them to show, if I should do this thing, if they would show me a sign, I said, I want you to show me a comet or a light in the sky, but not some shooting star bullshit. Like this is what I said to them, like testing and everything. I was like, no shooting star bullshit. Like I want some hardcore. And um, I was like 15 minutes outside of the city um, in Phoenix. So just the highway was ending and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I don't have to do this thing now that I didn't really want to do because I didn't get the sign. And then couple minutes later, this huge meteor comes down. Like I can see definition in the flames. I heard the sound barrier break and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, that's so crazy. And it was like on the news the next day, like, cause people caught it on like their backyard cameras or whatever. So I know I didn't hallucinate it, but then I like, then I started asking questions like, well, did I like predict that that was going to happen? And did I like, you know what I mean? But either way it was still crazy <laughs> all of that is incredibly intense i've had um 
obviously not the same experiences, but similar shades of experiences like that, where reality syncs up with what I'm thinking, where things just come up and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Um, Yeah. Yeah, And it makes you wonder if you're predicting something or if you're manifesting something or like how, how is it working? You know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, ultimately, I guess it doesn't really matter how it's working. It's, something's happening (laughs) yeah 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 exactly that was a really um that comment was that that was a really beautiful experience i had i had to pull off the side of the fucking road because it was just like what like yeah i can only imagine yeah i mean the the telepathy thing too but i mean i really want to get more involved in my um extraterrestrial studies and involvement i'm gonna that's gonna be joining those groups the when i get back to la from this trip that's my big big next step to get involved with like all the fun ufo meetups (laughs) for sure i've definitely had some interesting experiences in that lens i don't want to get into them now because i've talked about them before maybe maybe i'll talk to you after we're done recording about them briefly or something yeah that'd be cool i'd like to hear it um this is kind of an interesting question. Like, are you familiar with chaos magic and stuff like that? I'm familiar with the concept of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding of it, which I don't really know what the full understanding of it is, but it's kind of just like taking different modalities or whatever, different ways that people approach things and kind of putting your own spin on them. Like I have a degree in culinary art, so it's almost like taking a recipe and like changing, yeah. changing the ingredients list to make what you want. What's your like take on that personally? Um, do you f- think that people can have success with that? I feel like that's what I do. I just call it intuitive magic because I, you know, I, I started my witch like my practice as like a Wiccan, and it was like ceremonial, and um, you know, there there was like certain ways that you set up rituals, and now I just like I take from chakras, I take you know color magic concepts and I, I you know I, I take essential oil concepts and I use pran- like um I think it's called pranayana where you like focus your energies you like you know imagine a ball of light and then you focus your intention on it and you kind of release into the universe like and you know I do a lot of reiki stuff so it's just like I, I take what feels natural what I feel like I'm pulling in from the other side or the way that I talk to and connect to the other side so I think that's really similar to chaos magic it's just I call it intuitive magic because you know yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that a lot of people are leaning more towards that like side of things, at least from the people I've talked to and that like making it their own. Like if you look behind me, I have like all that art there is like intention-based magic that I did based on different chakras. Um oh, and then there's cool. sigils like sigils all over there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um and on my altar that is like in my desk in front of me, I have what I call like a Zen garden. I'm gonna turn I'm gonna turn my camera around. I don't know if you can actually see it because of the light. Can you see oh, any yes. of that? You can hear my parents' sweet landline going off right now. <laughs> I didn't even know those were still a thing. <laughs> when you're you're I don't know, how old are my parents? Like in their sixties or some shit? It's a good daughter over here. I don't know. Just age starts to not be a thing. Yeah, they're in their sixties at least. So I'm thirty. Just <laughs> Just working my stuff out right now for everyone. I feel you. <laughs> I, I'm stoked you have an altar, man. I think everyone should have an altar. 
Yeah, I actually got that um, around Christmas time. It's it's like a book sh- or a, a shoe rack that I got from work for ten dollars. That like I just made it. I made that purpose for it because I was reading a book um, by Gordon White. Are you familiar with him? Mm-mm. He has a really good book called The Chaos Protocols, but he's talking about understanding how to utilize chaos magic to navigate the economic reality that we live in. And it's oh. like. A, it's a really fascinating concept, but he's talking about sigils and like doing candle magic and using certain incenses for, for rituals and stuff like that. And I'm like, damn, like I want to do this. And so like when I started all those sigils back there, like the first set of them I did, I spent all this money getting the altar, all these candles that are based on shocker colors and just like yeah. developing, developing my own methodology for approaching stuff. So it's like, if I'm going to be working with stuff that would fall on the root chakra, I burn my red candle. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I love root work. I love root work. That's one of the ones that like I really had to um, develop from being a drug addict most of my yeah. life. And from You're like connected your predisposition to disconnect. Absolutely. Yeah. And then like having had um, psychotic episodes or whatever, like, I'm definitely a, a fucking space cadet. Like I'm in my head most of the time. <laughs> I'm so guilty of that. Yeah. I carry garnet for that reason. Mm. I had like hematite at one point. And one of the interesting yeah. things for me is uh, when I had my really intense uh, psychotic, I shouldn't say my really intense, my first psychotic experience. Cause I had a more intense one after that. I had a hematite ring, but eventually it broke. But I feel like being ungrounded at that point, was pretty much like the catalyst that led me to where I'm at today. So like, I didn't need to be grounded that I needed to fucking lose my shit and have all of like the um, misinformation and bullshit that I had stuffed in my head most of my life come out. So it was like yeah. the best thing that could have happened for me. Yeah. Good man. Part of your path. And sometimes, you know, sometimes shit unfolds gently for people and sometimes you just get it all out like in a hardcore intense way and then you rebuild from there you know yeah i'm definitely one of those people where i had a lot of subtle opportunities to take the hint from the universe but i was like eh, whatever whatever universe we're just gonna do things my way like i know way better than you universe you dumb son of a bitch and then the you know that's about finding the balance like (laughs) yeah yeah. you you know you you i'll listen to you somewhat universe but like I still have choices, but I'll, I'll listen. I'll listen. <laughs> Absolutely. And most of the time, like my best choices are in tune with the universe and the choices that I shouldn't be making that are like based on um, lower, lower elements of what I need. Those are the ones that like tend to fuck me over that the universe doesn't want me to do unless it's like a lesson. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you'll get your lesson. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I always seem to. <laughs> um, right. mm-hmm. What are what are like a couple of your most favorite incense scents overall, or like? Um, there's this. Oh my god, there's this store um in San Francisco called the Sword and the Rose, and it used to be owned by a gay couple, and this is like some around the campfire like witch, fucking incense incense product okay so it was is the store was owned by a couple and um there was like the main guy who like had all his incense recipes and then like his partner and on um christmas eve the main guy who made the incense 
died in a house fire. Mm. So um, the guy who owns the store now, he lost his mate in his home all on Christmas Eve, but he like still carried the store. I believe the store was damaged and they had to move locations. Um, but he makes he makes this, he makes all the incenses and follows all the old recipes. And I bought a love incense and, um, the guy was like, Oh yeah. Like I made this on, um, Valentine, a full moon on Valentine's day. It was the Valentine's day after like year he died. So it was like, like Christmas Eve, he died Valentine's day. It's a full moon. He makes this love incense. And I swear to God, you can smell the tears. It is less like, it is, the best smelling inside. I mean, it's tragic, but it's also beautiful because you can just like, he poured how much he loved his partner into it. And um, yeah, it's a really, really, really nice blend. It's a really nice. That's an incredibly like in-depth story. And I can't imagine what that loss must be like, but I also tend like pick up that you're like empathic in lots of ways as well. So like, that sounds like a really intense experience. It's called the Sword and the Rose. I wonder if they sell stuff online. Yeah, you should. I mean, you should look into it. Yeah, or you know, try maybe even contacting them about it. They've got um, some really nice incense there, and it's yeah, it's a really cool store. I'll have to check. I'll have to check it out. Like, I used to live in uh, Humboldt County, so there was a time when I I could have ran down there a little bit more easily than today. Um, yeah. What were you like a trimmer? hanging out in Humboldt County? I trimmed um, for like four days at one point, but I was getting too high and drinking too much whiskey to like really be of use. Right, 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 right. Uh, I actually, it's a long story, but basically I was working in a kitchen out there um, in uh, in Arcata actually at Humboldt Brews. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's not ringing a bell. If you've ever been to Arcata, you've probably at least seen it or heard people talk about it. Um, okay. I don't know. That's pretty much what I was doing. I was running away from life. It was as far west as I could really get at that point from my family yeah. and like everything else. <laughs> yeah. How long were you there for? Um, with the exception of a, a brief period of months where I moved to the Florida Keys, I was there from 2009 to 2012. Okay. Okay. So I think we may have let, have like had a, maybe six months to a year at the same time. So I think I mean, I was like 2012 or 2011, but I can't really remember, you know, I'm like so bad at tracking years and especially because I fucked off so many years, just like being a like junkie zombie. I'm like, I don't know what year anything happened. It's <laughs> just like a blank period. <laughs> for sure for me like that whole period uh from like 2006 till about 2012 I was just like kind of a vagabond actually my poetry book is called vagrant verses because it's really about like that transient period of my life I lived in Vegas northern Washington um northern California Florida Keys like I was just traveling everywhere and doing a bunch of various drugs and shit mm-hmm. but the only reason I can really remember specific time periods is because every situation that led me to move somewhere else was like built on catastrophe or had some major life event involved in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, gotta, gotta take it the way. I don't know. I have, I was going to say things, but I don't really, I'm just, 
and drink this now because words are just happening. <laughs> um, what's your favorite ritual that you like do on a regular basis or, or like a something like that? Um, well, I like I like to light candles in my window, like just almost every night. Um, I like to like I like to light candles um, and then work on you know, whatever my goals are, like, we're, you know, I'll usually be on my computer working on my podcast or something like that. And I just like to do that small, simple thing, you know, almost every day where it's just kind of like, like a thank you, you know, and just like an ICU. Thank you for seeing me to source. Um, mm. But I love to get down with ritual. I really do. And um, I love dress, you know, I love to get ceremonial with it and dress my candles with essential oils and really put intention behind things and writing, um, you know, writing out petitions and this and that, but really it just like the simple gratitude candles are just makes me feel good. Get some good incense going, you know, absolutely. The, I, I like to keep the vibes at all times. Just like, you know, just, just chilling with source. <laughs> For sure. Do you like, you have an altar as well? I take it. Yeah, I have like a couple altars just in my bedroom and <laughs> and then in my like communal living space the windowsill i've got like my table and the windowsill is kind of my little kitchen altar because i can't get too crazy with like other roommates and stuff for sure well, this is like a question i'm just curious because i never really had asked anybody else with an altar when you consciously work with that, like I meditate and pray at my altar pretty much every morning. If I, if I have time, um, mm -hmm. I shouldn't say if I have time, most of the time I do, but when you sit down in front of your altar, there's like a sense of peace and like contentment come over you before you even really engage in meditating or prayer. Yeah, I would say so. I would say it's similar to walking into a church, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'm, I'm you're, you're loading, you're, you're setting up your brain to like enter that space, that like sacred space. So it's, it's already relaxing. I know that it's going to be, you know, I know I'm going to be connecting. So I do love sitting down at my altar and just, yeah. Yeah. It's such a cool feeling. Like I, I was thinking about that um, a month or so ago. Like I used to get high every morning as soon as I woke up. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And it's weird now to like take that time and sit there and like, be getting high in like such a deep spiritual way. Yeah. Yeah. It's such like, I definitely would, wouldn't want to trade that for anything. It's, mm -hmm. it's so weird to see where life takes you. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 100%. Uh, would not have called it that I would be as spiritual as a person. Like when I was a teenager and I was just like angry punk rock, like little baby, terror I wouldn't have guessed that I would be like meditating and you know I'm talking to people about becoming a reverend this summer and I I wouldn't have guessed that like I I yeah yeah it's, it's fascinating to me because like prayer was never something I thought I would do and I think that most people actually do pray in some sense they just don't realize it yeah yeah and you know I was against using the word prayer for a while because I do have such a, I do have such a sour history with like the Catholic church and just, um, 
Christians that would like police felt like they needed to police other people's views was so common, you know, where I grew up. And um, I'm guessing probably it's fairly common where you, I don't know where you grew up. Did you grow up in Ohio? Yeah, I grew up pretty much right where I live right now. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, is it fairly conservative or? Um, it's really an am- amalgam. There's, uh, there's a lot of religious people here though. Yeah. So it's like the hyper, the hyper religious criticism was pretty, yeah. In ways I asked for it. Cause I was like, I'm going to be goth crazy witch lady, but you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I still, <laughs> I still have my, I still have my issues with, uh, organized religion in that way. Yeah, I really do as well. But for me, like, it's almost like taking something good back. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, that's, I guess I totally forgot to get to my point. But yeah, that's how I feel about like saying prayer now. Like, I would only say meditation or visualization, but now I'm like, no, I can say prayer. Like, you're not the only ones that get prayer. And they're not the only ones who get archangel, archangels either. Like, I'll, I'll be like, hey, like, what up, Michael? Like, Mm-hmm. this bitch like, got <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah I think that's one of the things is that like religion has some really good concepts it's just largely in my opinion misunderstood and it's taken on such a literal sense by a lot of these people they don't yeah. understand the deeper like metaphorical or allegorical meanings behind a lot of that stuff well when you take these like concepts that in my opinion are meant to empower you and use them as a way to like repress people. That's so gross. It's so gross. You can't, I cannot handle religions that don't empower their followers. Absolutely. And any religion really isn't going to empower their followers because they need to have it dictated to them by somebody who's above them, who's like the middleman between them and God. Hey, I got this God, yo, come, but you got to, you got to come to this dark shady back alley and come get it from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't, there are, there are totally like organized religions and churches that are like, um, there are just like leaders. Like, you know, there, I do believe that there are organized churches that are good, but they're smaller. And um, for the most part and the things that I've, that I've seen and experienced most, it is not that way. You know, there's a lot of wanting to, make people feel guilty for whatever. I mean, that's a huge thing with Catholicism, like feel bad for everything you do and think, you know? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I noticed and I like in, in myself, never even being a religious person really, but having this like culturally induced guilt for certain things that like is based in these religions and then really having to like be like, where is this guilt coming from? Should I actually feel guilty for this? Or is this like a social construct? Why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in my early 20s, I was like smoking pot and I would get a lot of anxiety, um, like weird anxiety about my family and stuff too, which wasn't making sense. Um, and then I realized I was like, oh, you, were, you were raised Catholic and this is just like some weird trauma that like you've you've held on to and as soon as I realized that's what it was like I could get high and have fun again like it (laughs) like it took a couple of like I guess like clearing sessions where I had to remind myself of that but then I was like smoke Mm -hmm. this is awesome like I don't feel weird about my anything anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah I definitely think that's like one of the things is like really learning how to evaluate um 
where your beliefs actually come from and if it's a belief you're choosing to actually believe and participate in or if it's just something that you've been taught to feel without really any understanding of it yeah well because i was like you know like 21 or 22 having like anxiety attacks about having walked in on my brother like making out with his girlfriend with her shirt off when i was like 10. like why was that why was that happening you know <laughs> so and then i was like it's just crazy catholic shit and i released it you know released it moved on yeah it's funny that's actually i went to my therapist the other day and i was talking about having this guilt um in regards to like intimate relationships or whatever with how I used to be with versus how I am now, not acting how I used to, but still feeling guilty about it. Like to, to actually make sense and not be so goddamn ambiguous, just being in like an open relationship and being intimate with somebody, but yeah. like feeling guilty about it, even though they're okay with it and I'm not being an asshole to them. Right. Being like, I feel like a piece of shit. Like, but it's like, they're cool with it, dude. The only yeah. reason like, why am I not cool with it? I, I don't know. It was weird. That conditioning conditioning yeah and that's what it comes down to and having to be like oh if they're cool with it you're cool with it why are you not cool with it like why are you telling yourself to feel guilty yeah yeah i mean you know if, if it keeps happening i guess you can investigate it and decide if that's like not the relationship structure that you're built for you know yeah and that's that's pretty much what i told my therapist i was like for now i'm cool with it if it i don't have to like set anything in stone i can go back and reevaluate things later yeah uh -huh. almost making more anxiety for myself by like feeling like is this right is it wrong but 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 yeah yeah <laughs> um i got a couple more questions and i'll let you get back to your your day i know you probably want to get enjoy your family before you have to head home little my little little niece is here she's so cute but i you know i'm enjoying this time as well we don't have to rush Oh, it's cool. Um, I only got a couple more questions. We can always have you come back on again if you want and just bullshit. And okay, I'm always like willing to have people come back on as long as they enjoy it. Um, yeah, this has been fun. Um, let me think. If you had to describe your personal philosophy or condense your life experience into like two or three words, <laughs> what would it be? Uh, I'm a witch. <laughs> okay yeah i'm gonna write it down because i always ask people this and i forget and like I, I use those three words as the title for the episodes or whatever okay. oh i love it i love it yeah i love it <laughs> uh, but I, I like i fucking have bong resin on my brain for so long <laughs> that like i can't remember shit um do you have any books that have really impacted you or like books that you would suggest other people read um, when it comes to like philosophical stuff, not really. I'm more of a, I don't read a lot of philosophical stuff. I, I read a lot of reference books and develop my own narrative. Like I'm not really that interested in other people's narratives, if that makes sense. I get it. Uh, but I think everyone should read the Game of Thrones books. Okay. Because they're amazing. I'm not, I like... I've never seen any of that show for like the longest time that I was over uh, the one guy who's kind of my mentor's house and somebody was working on his fire stick or whatever. Okay. And they showed a clip and I was like, you sons of bitches, you just ruined this for me. I can no longer say I haven't seen any of this show. 
Uh, they fucked it up. Maybe it's like a freebie. I love that show. I got to figure out how I'm going to watch it. It's coming up. I don't have a TV. <laughs> Uh-oh. You, you can probably get it on your laptop or something, can't you? Yeah, but my parents just canceled HBO Go and I was using their account. It, it'll work itself out. It's, you know, it's Game of Thrones. I'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. Um. And this is like the last thing I'll ask you, then we'll close it out. But actually, wait, two more things. Um, what is the link for like your website or like what links would you like to throw out and have me include in the description as well? Okay, um, my personal or my professional website is ReneeWattEntertainment.com. Okay. And then for my um, Spellcast, the podcast, it's WitchDoctorate com. Okay. And that's also on iTunes and all the other. Yeah. iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, SoundCloud. Okay. Awesome. Um, I'll put links to all that stuff cool. in the actual description as well. Sweet. And then the final thing I normally ask people to close it out in their own way. So you can have the last word, but before you do, thank you so much for coming on and like taking time out of your day and chatting with me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I enjoyed this too. This was a lot of fun. Um, for things to close it out. I mean, just be a good person, trust, trust that you have a good heart and live by that principle. And you know, I feel like you can't really go wrong and be brave, man. Bravery is that's my main thing. You got to be brave. You got to be brave. If you're brave and you have a good heart, you're set. In my opinion, you're set.